This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Remember when everybody said, oh, if only we could get rid of Trump, we could go back to our precious norms, the civility, all that stuff that they valued so much. Now, I never bought, we, quite frankly, we were never that civil. I always liked his authenticity, but that was a major rationale that the fake news and so many Democrats had against him. It was all phony because now that he's no longer president, things are uh, off the charts weird when it comes to civility. Who knows who Kirsten Cinema is, the Democrat senator from Arizona. Now, quite frankly, she's okay in my book. She is not on board with this $3.5 trillion nonsense of a bill, all right? She is uh, not signing up for that. So she's getting harassed in the bathroom. Okay, I'll be back. Sit down, we want to talk to you real quick. Want to talk to you real quick? Hi, actually, I am heading out. But um, right now is a real moment that our people need in order for us to be able to talk about what's really happening. We need a Build Back Better plan right now. Okay. All right. She's about to go in the bathroom. I'm going to take you in there because they went in there. But you know these guys are kind of phonies. The guy says, we need a Build Back Better bill right now. Who the who says Build Back Better other than Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and people who live in Washington, D.C.? Nobody says Build Back Better unless you're in the nasty game of Democrat politics. What happens next? We knocked on doors for you to get you elected. And just how we got you elected, we can get you out of office if you don't support what you promised us. We need 7 million citizenship for 7 million. We need the Build Back Better plan right now. Now, this is one of the reasons why I guess I'm never running for public office. Look at how they treat you. And this is okay. She is, forgive me, in the toilet right behind the stall, and she's being harassed. And by the way, this isn't actually funny. Really bad things can come from situations like this. But next, please. We need to hold you accountable to what you told us, what you promised us that you were going to pass when we knocked on doors for you. It's not right. No job is worth this, huh? Getting harassed in the bathroom. By the way, did you notice that she's a survivor? Everyone seems to be a survivor these days. Also, uh, we knocked on doors for you. Nobody does that anymore, all right? That's dangerous. They send out email blasts. These people aren't legitimate. I want to show you what Joe Biden said about all this, by the way, though. It was very, very insensitive and possibly dangerous. I don't think they're appropriate tactics, but it happens to everybody from... The, the only people it doesn't happen to are people who have Secret Service standing around them. Um, so uh, it's, it's, it's part of the process. 
Part of the process, part of the process. He has Secret Service standing around him, but protection and security for members of Congress is a real thing, or maybe it should be a real thing. I remember it was briefly a real thing after Gabby Giffords, Democratic Congresswoman from Arizona, was shot and nearly killed in early 2011. You remember that? I bet Joe Biden does not remember that. This is actually serious stuff. Yeah, you know, the bathroom is kind of ridiculous, but nobody should be treated like that. Uh, and those who are taking those images, uh, let's show you their pictures. Um, hmm. All right. Now, two of them identified as people of color. I happen to notice that uh, Senator Cinema is a white person. Can you imagine for a moment, imagine for a moment if the roles were reversed, okay? If this were, say, white men um, giving a hard time to a person of color, female or male, who was an office holder, that would be, yeah, you know it. I obviously am very concerned about the rise of extremism and extremism related to white supremacy. The FBI has warned repeatedly that domestic terrorism fueled by white supremacy is the number one threat to the United States right now. White supremacy is, is the biggest bucket of concern when it comes to uh, domestic terrorism. Terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to the homeland today. Total lie, total joke um, for political purposes. Where is all the white supremacy? Where is the right wing violence? Look for it. Can you find it? There are about six white supremacists out there, possibly somewhere, believing in that utter garbage. That's about it. They play it up for political reasons and political reasons only. Now, all this rhetoric, of course, what happened last summer, uh, glorifying Black Lives Matter and saying white supremacists are around every corner, that led to defund the police. Defund the police and talk about a threat to our way of life. This is having a real impact, a real world impact. This isn't some theory on Facebook. This is a real thing. Lives are being lost because of defund the police. Take a look at uh, Austin, Texas. Beautiful city, uh, but listen to what's happening there right now. The city of Austin has hit a gruesome new milestone. Austin police are investigating its 60th homicide of the year. That's the most in the 61 years that Austin police have kept records. Tough news tonight. Austin hit a record number of homicides over the weekend. And of course, you know, there are still three and a half months left in the year. And they already hit their record. Austin, 61 homicides. That's a city of a million. Three months or so left in the year. This is off the charts bad. And guess what they did? They removed more than $100 million in the budget for their police department. That is a direct result of the nonsense that we saw last summer that still people celebrate. Celebrate the Black Lives Matter movement, the peaceful protests, all the rioting, all the disaster. No, these were peaceful protests, mostly peaceful protests. They all say that on the left. They even say that in the military. And we should all be proud that the vast majority of protests have been peaceful. Obviously, totally absurd. The conversation about race is absurd in this country. We're having a silly one to avoid a serious one. And here's another example of silly. Uh, hey, Denzel Washington is a great actor. I've always liked him. He's the tops in my book. Do you know who Ellen Pompeo is? 
she's an actress. I'm not that familiar with her, but uh, I guess they were on a project together. And Ellen Pompeo, for whatever reason, started to throw her weight around. Uh, she was a cast member. He was a director. She brought it up in her podcast not too long ago. Listen to what she says about Denzel. It's not nice, but it's not, it's, it's just not the worst thing I ever heard. So I get pushed up in the wheelchair and he's in a chair and we're sitting across from each other. And I didn't really want to talk to this actor or see this actor before we did this scene. So I didn't have much interaction with him at all. And he wasn't looking at me in the eye. Again, we love actors who make choices, right? And I yelled at him and I was like, look at me. When you apologize, look at me. And that wasn't in the dialogue. And Denzel went ham on my he was like, I'm the director. Don't you tell him what to do. And I was like, listen, mother, this is my show. This is my set. Who are you telling? Like, you barely know where the bathroom is. Okay. I mean, again, I've heard worse. I don't see anything racist in that. Do you? Uh, maybe it was his first day on the job. What show was this anyway? So, uh, look. It wasn't nice. People say all kinds of things on podcasts, whatever. She didn't say anything about his ethnicity, his race, or anything. Um, this is what the very bigoted crew over at MSNBC said out loud because Ellen Pompeo criticized 10 years ago Denzel Washington. I don't think she would have spoken to Clint Eastwood that way. I don't think she would have spoken to Martin Scorsese that way. I don't think she would have spoken to Debbie Allen that way. But Felice, you take it away. Uh, what do we make of this? I would agree with you um, with that. And Ellen Pompeo, so let me, let's start by saying what you're not going to do is disrespect Uncle Denzel, okay? <laughs> you know, this is yes. a typical case of a white woman, white womaning, right? So we see the disrespect, we see the privilege. You absolutely showed your supremacy. You absolutely showed your privilege. Wow, she said that. She said a white woman, white womaning, a verb, a subject and a verb. What does that mean? Everybody on the panel was just fine with this. This is A-OK -okay over there on MSNBC. This is hate speech. This is horrible. If I said, I'm not even going to articulate a somebody woman doing, it's really, really bad. But this is the insane conversation we're having in America. Those kinds of comments are just fine. Riots are peaceful protests. None of it makes sense. They're trying to silence people who are rational. They are trying to hijack this conversation about race. Who's they? The far left. Be they white, be they black, be they whatever. They want reasonable people to shut up. They're very uncomfortable. Most people are talking about race. I suggest that <laughs> if you're a rational person, you have something to say, you got to start having this conversation. You can't let it be dominated by people like that. I'll be right back. Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view and it's actually funny? You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app and it downloads directly to your smartphone so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's coming. All I can, All I can say, say 
is, is that, that the fake, fake news just doesn't get it, do they? They don't? Greg, they don't. Uh, but the people do. They really get it about Joe Biden. Coast to coast, no matter where it is, when people get together, they have a message for Joe Biden, and it's not nice. two? Just two? I know I saw more than that. Actually, when Brandon Brown won Talladega, he's a NASCAR guy, um, he thought, well, the reporter thought that they were chanting something, but they were chanting something else. Watch what happens after he wins the race, and uh, I guess he's in the winner's circle. Everything's great, but there's a problem. All of our partners, oh my God, just such an unbelievable moment. Brandon, you also told me can hear the chants from the, the crowd. Let's go, Brandon. You told me you were going to kind of hang back those stages and just watch and learn what learned that helped you there in those closing laps. Oh, my God. It was uh, learning how mine didn't uh, stay to win. And everything shifted top to bottom so much. It wouldn't even work as a go Brandon chant. I mean, anyway, you know what they were saying. I don't necessarily approve of the language, but uh, look, Joe has this coming. Joe Biden has this coming. He's been caught so many times lying, and uh, the American people get it. They understand. They know when they're being lied to. Uh, his entire campaign was based on a lie, the Charlottesville lie. When he announced for president back in early 2019, it was all about what happened at Charlottesville. Nothing about his ideas, nothing about his values, all about Charlottesville. No proposals, nothing. All Charlottesville. Take a look. Charlottesville, Virginia is home to the author of one of the great documents in human history. We know it by heart. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. All right. We've heard it so often. It's, it's all it's all general until he starts talking about Charlottesville, Charlottesville, that riot that happened in 2017. He lies about it. He lies about his reaction to it. And he lies about what happened. A brave young woman lost her life. And that's when we heard the words of the president of the United States that stunned the world and shocked the conscience of this nation. He said there were, quote, some very fine people on both sides. Very fine people on both sides? With those words, the president of the United States assigned a moral equivalence between those spreading hate and those with the courage to stand against it. And in that moment, I knew the threat to this nation was unlike any I had ever seen in my lifetime. Okay, so he said, uh, according to Joe Biden, very fine people on both sides. And th you know this, but I think it, it stands, I think we should bring this up again. His whole campaign, his whole presidency is based on a lie because Donald Trump said nothing about neo-Nazis and white supremacists being good people. He said the opposite and he was explicit. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. Said it right there. 
And now we're seeing Joe Biden and book after book. Books are supposed to be written for history, right? But so many books are leaving out what you just saw, that the president unequivocally, clearly denounced white supremacy, neo-Nazis, you name it, he did it. Uh, but this fiction has taken hold, and it's, it's hurting the country. It's hurting the country at the big level, at the highest levels of government, and at the gas station. When you have a car accident, it's, it's, it's everywhere. These lies have infected America. Take a look at this, a little fender bender, but listen to some of the stuff that's said. You, you did that to the front of my car. Oh, yeah? <laughs> What's funny? Uh, that's my new car. Usually when you rear end people, that's not how this works. Uh, it's okay. I'm going to call the cops real quick. But yeah, you're saying that I hit you from behind. No, you hit me in the front of it. Remember when I was at a red light, you went in front of me and hit my car. Oh, yeah? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, probably move the car from thing and I'll call the cops for you. All right, to be honest, I'm a little bit on her side. At this point, when I first saw the video, I mean, the guy's laughing. They were just in a car accident. That day. I could understand her. She's upset. Watch what happens next. And that's why you white people, that's why you white people get all this privilege with this nice car. That's my new car. Okay, she's playing the race card, um, although she does appear to be Caucasian to me. Not that that, anyway, she's playing the race card. Let's look at what really happened, though. She wasn't rear She rear-ended that guy. She's in the wrong, and here's the smoking gun proof. You look, you were here, and she can't look. You see? Did you see it? Did you see it? Lamborghini. <laughs> uh, she was at fault, clearly, and she's playing the race card. Wow, that is something. And quite frankly, I blame the left. I really do. And I blame all of that BLM nonsense from last summer. All right. Also this. Uh, do you know who Stephanie Grisham is? She's not exactly household name famous. She was uh, press secretary for Donald Trump for about a year, was there till the very end, pretty much. And uh, it was a job of a lifetime. Well, she wrote one of those nasty, trashy, tell-all books, trying to ingratiate herself in the swamp. And uh, here's an example. Uh, she went on the uh, GMA show with George Stephanopoulos. Was it a mistake to work for President Trump? Yes. Why'd you do it? Like I said in the beginning, watching how people reacted to him, and I do believe he gave voice to a lot of people who did feel forgotten. But I think that many of us, myself included, got into that White House and got heady with power and became really, uh, we didn't think about serving the country anymore. It was about surviving in there. I just think these books are absolutely terrible. Uh, heady with power, she was heady with power, and now seven months later, she's come back down to earth. I don't believe it. How could you do that? How could you be welcomed into the White House, the, the Trump family, and betray them like this? Here she is in the Oval Office with Melania Trump, the First Lady. Everybody loves the First Lady. I do. I think she's great. She actually seemed to be enjoying herself there. I don't like this. And Stephanie Grisham, she's got some baggage. She does. Uh, she's been busted twice for DWI before she got to the White House. I would imagine that Donald Trump, who knows something about addiction and recovery, his brother was an alcoholic, 
gave her a chance because the FBI definitely found out about this. And for the job she had, she had to get an FBI background check. So terrible. But we have her uh, writing a book. And we have another uh, former Trump White House official by the name of Alyssa Farah. Is that her name? Uh, kind of a one who always seemed to me a bit more interested in glamour than public service. Well, she is on The View today talking about how terrible her colleagues were. How terrible her colleagues were. Anything to get on camera. I didn't have any illusions about who the president was. So I was, I should go back further. I was Vice President Pence's press secretary for two years. So I was tangentially working with the Trump White House, different building, but serving a very different man. Well, you're not working for Darth Vader, but you're a stormtrooper. <laughs> it's actually very well said. That's very well said. They didn't go there for public service. You know, I wanted the job in television, silly me. 20 years ago, I applied to 85 stations around the country and found one in a small town in upstate New York that hired me. She wants to be a TV star. How does she get that? <laughs> she goes to work at the White House. She goes to work in Washington, D.C. She goes into public service, and now she has a Hollywood agent, and she wants to be on TV. She used it to get that, and I don't think it's worth it. I think it's detestable. And by the way, she knows nothing about television. You remember Alex Vindman, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman? They're Facebook friends, Twitter friends. Take a look at this, uh, this little dialogue. Alex Vindman, yeah, that guy. Can I suggest Fiona Hill for a guest on The View? Her book is out on Tuesday. Guest host Alyssa Farah said she'd be an excellent guest. Well, let me tell you right there, uh, <laughs> she knows nothing about television. There's a, there's a benefit in starting at the bottom and working your way up to these bigger roles. Because uh, Fiona Hill would not be a good guest on any show, seminar, uh, uh, Christmas party, anywhere. I'll be right back. I've been talking about Afghanistan a lot. Silly me, because the fake news, what do they worry about? January 6th. Forget Afghanistan. Ancient history. January 6th and the existential threat that posed to our democracy. It was a trespassing incident that got out of hand and may have had a great big assist from Democrats, from uh, who knows what in the government. In the government. We don't know the half of it. We don't know 10% of it, I think. Anyway, they're laying a lot of blame at Facebook's feet now. Facebook. I want to say this. I'm not dumping on Facebook right now. I'm not. I actually like Facebook. Uh, I think it's a great platform. You know who uses Facebook? Regular people. And sometimes they're a little bit older. The millennials, the cool set, the woke crowd. Facebook is so 10 years ago. They, no, no, no. It's not for them. Uh, now, why are we talking about this? Some whistleblower came forward from within Facebook and said, Facebook helped set the conditions for January 6th. This is feeding a phony narrative, but um, they keep doing it. After the election, Facebook was used by some to organize the January 6th insurrection. 
Prosecutors cite Facebook posts as evidence, photos of armed partisans, and text including, by bullet or ballot, restoration of the Republic is coming. Extremists used many platforms, but Facebook is a recurring theme. I would imagine that extremists also use telephones. I would think that they also talk to each other. People, extremists on the left, right, whatever. Uh, what's the solution here? The solution, this is where they're going, is to limit free speech and to get Facebook to where Twitter is, where they've already rigged the entire system to uh, minimize conservative content. That's happening. And it's happening in a big way uh, at Facebook. It's already been not as bad as Twitter. And one of the reasons why they hate uh, Facebook so much, the left, they still say that Donald Trump won in large part because of Facebook. And it's true that the Trump campaign, they were just so much better at digital in 2016 than Hillary Clinton. In the primary season, what was the strategy on Facebook and how did it kind of shift going into 2016? Shock and awe. Shock and awe. How yeah. so? What's that mean? Which means as uh, put Mr. Trump's message, let him speak directly to camera and get it to as many people as possible. And why was Facebook the ideal medium for that? Low-cost CPM, large numbers of conservative voters, ability to broadcast all day, multiple times to the same audience. And the numbers were showing in the consumer side that people were spending more and more hours of their day consuming Facebook content and an aggregated uh, newsfeed. Brad Parscal, a genius when it comes to uh, that stuff. But uh, the left, you'll remember after 2016, they were so mad that Hillary lost they had to bring the Russians and the Russians had to have something to do with it. They knew that wasn't true. And they really badgered uh, Zuckerberg and Facebook management, Facebook in general. Listen, if you messaged anybody this week, would you share with us the names of the people you've messaged? Uh, Senator, no, I would probably not choose to do that publicly here. I think that might be what this is all about. Your right to privacy, the limits of your right to privacy and how much you give away in modern America in the name of, quote, connecting people around the world. Facebook and other online companies will not or cannot fix the privacy invasions, then we are going to have to. So I think Mark Zuckerberg and his top managers, they were traumatized by this. Look at how angry everybody is at them. They wanted to get back in their good graces. And one way to do that is to spend hundreds of millions of dollars uh, promoting safe and secure elections. You know what that's code for, right? They wanted to help Democrats. It's quite clear. Um, and now we are left with uh, a platform that's not very friendly to us. It's moving, moving steadily uh, as a place that's hostile to conservatives. Twitter made that happen a long time ago. And... Uh, it's happening big time at Facebook. And look at who uses it, you know? Grandparents, older people, we still love it. And um, the cool kids don't. All right, now this. Black Lives Matter, of course Black Lives Matter. But not in the way the Black Lives Matter movement says they only care when a black life is taken by a white cop. No, Black Lives Matter, including the life of 11-year-old 
Tanelia Harker. She was shot and killed in Milwaukee on Saturday night. She was riding in a car with her mother and five-year-old sister when another car pulled up next to them at an intersection and opened fire. Uh, both uh, Parker and her sister were struck by bullets. Tanelia died of her injuries on Sunday. Her sister is in stable condition at the hospital, is expected to survive. Local community activists say there's a sense of hopelessness in the city, in Milwaukee, where 98 children have been shot so far this year. Overwhelmingly, these kids have been children of color. Just this weekend, four other children were shot in different locations throughout the city. Without, I guess, knowing the exact circumstance, it's hard to even start to comment on, on how we could prevent this sort of a thing. But, you know, it almost seems useless, but to cry out to the community, please put down the guns and, and, um, and resolve our problems peacefully. No arrests have been made, no motives known. Tanelia Parker was just 11 years old. Her five-year-old sister is still in the hospital. We'll be right back. You're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. So a few weeks ago, we saw how horrible things were going in Afghanistan. The Biden administration clearly messed it up, but there was this one great moment in the middle of it all. When the Marines rescued that baby over the wall at the airport, it was a great moment. I loved it. It unified us. And I was fascinated. Who are these Marines? Now, I found out the identity of one of them. And let's go ahead and highlight that Marine. He is Lance Corporal Hunter Clark. And he's uh, received a great deal of attention lately. He was acknowledged by former President Trump. It was a beautiful moment. I'll get to the controversy about that in a moment. But first, let me congratulate his parents who join us right now. We have with us Lynn Clark, who happens to be an Air Force veteran, by the way, and his mom, Peggy Clark, uh, the mother of Hunter, Hunter Clark, Lance Corporal, USMC, First of all, welcome to Newsmax. We're going to get to the controversy in a bit. It's totally phony, manufactured. You guys don't deserve it. But first off, welcome and how you doing? Thank you, sir. We, we just we love you, Colonel Kelly. We appreciate you, your support. And we just appreciate this time to, to, to step up for our son. Excellent. I'm so uh, happy to facilitate. But first off, when you saw the video, you were watching the news from Afghanistan. You knew that your son was there. How did you first become aware of this moment and what was your reaction? It was Hunter's um, friends, his uh, base buddies that were that didn't deploy back up at Camp Lejeune. We were getting texts. I actually received a call from my sister Zandra um, that a school friend of Hunter's, they were, everybody was bombarding our family with this video. And, and the reason why is as soon as it starts to going, you hear my son's voice. It's, without a doubt, that's that's my son. And I was actually in a doctor's appointment, and my sister Xander she sent uh, pictures first, and I said, you know, Xander, I can't I can't really make out the pictures. But when that video hit, and I opened it up and heard that voice, I broke because it, it, we knew it was our son. And I so wish that I could uh, have reached out to the the nurse practitioner that day, because when I broke down, 
I wouldn't even accept any kind of accolades because until I heard it from my son that that was him, I was not going to take away somebody else's family members, husband, whoever's moment. Well, and, no, I'm sorry. Continue, ma'am. No, 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 no. You go, you go right ahead. You leave this. <laughs> well, listen, we all are, are so impressed. And not only were we impressed by that moment, and it was great to find out a little bit more about who was involved, but former President Trump uh, had a rally in Perry, Georgia, I think a week ago Saturday night, and it was awesome. And who was in the audience? Your son, I guess, uh, had a couple of days off. And this was a great moment. Former President of the United States wants to acknowledge a hometown hero. What could be wrong with that? The answer is nothing. So I want you to watch this. We're all going to enjoy it. We're also honored to be joined by one of the Marines who bravely served in Kabul during the withdrawal and helped evacuate children over the airport and over the airport wall. You saw him. He did a great job, Lance Corporal Hunter Ian Clark. Lance Corporal, come up here. Come up here. Come up, handsome guy. Hunter comes from a military family and went to school right here in Perry, Georgia. Can you believe that? Come on up here, Hunter. Thank you, man. You want to say something? Go ahead. Hey, my name's uh, Lance Corporal Hunter Clark. I'm here from uh, Warner Robins, Georgia. Uh, I am the guy that uh, pulled the baby over the wall, and it's definitely probably one of the greatest things I've ever done in my entire life. Yeah. I just want to thank all the support from all y'all. It really means a lot, and uh, I'm glad to be home now today. Thank you. It was awesome. You'll always have that moment, and I think that's the one that's going to be remembered. Uh, first off, were you were you there with your son? Were you were you there? Yes, I, I was actually. It, it was my surprise because it was my surprise to my son. Um, you know, you, you're you're a retired colonel, and you know, with the military, we are too. It's hurry up and wait. And his dates of coming home were changed every day within the last two weeks. We had no idea that he was going to even be home. And when we did get to get him home and everything and him, he just wanted to decompress and everything. Um, and we uh, I have a great friend who has connections and we knew that they were going to be honoring those 13 comrades, one of which Captain G, who is stationed at Camp at Lejeune with Hunter. Yeah. And he had had contact with her, multiple conversations, even close before the time that that terrible thing happened. You know, I felt like I need as a parent and we're very we are we are a family that believes in serving. And my my father is a um, Vietnam vet. We are we just that's how we are. And we wanted to go honor those 13. And so that was my gift. Ma'am, you, you did. You did. It was obviously totally beautiful and appropriate what you did. There's absolutely, I mean, such a beautiful moment. And this is what breaks my heart because you mentioned my military service, the Marine Corps. I don't know what has happened to the Marine Corps. Well, I have a few theories. They've gone woke. The leadership has. Uh, they've gone crazy under this administration because 
a commissioned officer by the name of Cochran actually put out this statement after that beautiful moment with President Trump where your son said absolutely nothing partisan, nothing inappropriate, uh, acknowledged the hometown, and he was happy to be there. The 24th Mew has initiated a command investigation regarding Lance Corporal Hunter Clark's attendance at the event last weekend to determine if any DOD policies were violated. And then, by the way, they raised questions about whether or not it was your son who was in that video. I find both of these things galling. Number one, we know it was him. Number two, to say that that was inappropriate, it wasn't. We all saw that. And to make it public, I find it, inc I am outraged. And I know you are as well, but I hope this hasn't ruined the entire event for you. Uh, what, what are you What are you thinking right now? We're, you, let me tell you something, Colonel Kelly. We're not. We won't. We're not going to really. We don't even need to go into much of the rally. It is what it is. You saw it. It was a surprise for Hunter, and we're we we do believe in the chain of command, and we're going to let them do the investigation. We have documents right here and dates where he is saying that my son is not even in the video. He's misquoting. He's going on CNN and he is saying that as a fact check that my son was not here. Now, get this. This is what's even worse. And you, nobody knows this now. Friday, Congressman Austin Scott on the phone champion for us because my son is getting the most god awful direct messages. Our family are. They're calling my son a fraud, a liar, a um, stolen valor, and Congressman Scott pulled Marines in Washington to his office. He printed out that picture of my son and circled my son with that black glove and said, is this Lance Corporal Kelly? They said yes. But unfortunately, they were not going to make another statement regarding that. And so this Captain Kelton Cochran. I need everybody to understand that name. <laughs> he is going on every major network and wow. he is saying in some parts that that's not my son in the video to my son's not in the video at all. Look, this statement is repulsive. It should be this formally is, withdrawn exactly. and your son deserves an apology and a medal. And by the way, yes, I know he's going through some heat right now and I'm sorry that's happening, but that Hey, I've been through it myself. It will evaporate. He will get through this, and no one can take that moment away from him when he helped rescue that baby and that beautiful moment with President Trump. That will stand the test of time. This other nonsense will fade, and those who perpetrated the lie will be exposed or dealt with some way, somehow. So I am thrilled to meet you. I am so happy uh, that... Your son was there and is the type of Marine and man that he is. Peggy Clark, I'm sorry, I got to go right now. And Lynn Clark, you guys are the best. And please give my best to uh, your son, Hunter. As we go to break, as we go to break, I want to show you an image. And I hope this goes down in history. The, the Marines on that wall, I think that is iconic and as awesome as the Marines at Iwo Jima. <laughs> I think that both of those images... Uh, are beautiful, and they make me proud of the Marine Corps. This other stuff, I, I hope it goes away very soon, but nothing can take away from what they did. I will be back, and Peggy and Lynn, thank Thanks, you sir. so much. We'll thank be right you so back. Much, you bet. <laughs> 
The 13 Marines, a soldier, the sailor we lost in Afghanistan. Uh, no one's talking about him anymore. It's, uh, it's so sad. And many dozens injured as well. So one of those we lost was Sergeant Nicole Gee, just 23 years old, I believe. Uh, and her picture, look at this, with the baby. I mean, America fell in love with her before her death. We knew about her and we saw her on Instagram and it was just uh, amazing. But she was one of the 13 killed. And those bodies came back uh, at Dover Air Force Base. So recently I, I heard that the family of Sergeant Gee had a tour of the Capitol. And it looked like a very beautiful moment, actually, if we can show you the picture. Congressman uh, McClintock of California, Republican of California, Tom McClintock, is escorting the Gee family around Capitol Hill. Now, believe it or not, this beautiful moment was twisted by the fake news, and I'll get to that in a second. But first, Congressman McClintock joins us, Republican of California again. Sir, uh, welcome to Newsmax. Welcome back. How are you? And how is the Gee family doing? We'll talk about what happened uh, and how they were victimized. But first, how are they doing? Well, you know, obviously it's a, it's a terrible loss that, that they've endured. Uh, they uh, buried Nicole um, the day before uh, in Arlington uh, in, in a beautiful ceremony. Um, uh, so, I mean, they're, they're bearing with that. But um, uh, I spoke with her father, Rick, uh, uh, Friday, and um, you know he's uh, he's fighting mad about the the, the, the this reporter, but um, uh, they're 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 dealing with it, I think, as well as anybody could under the circumstances. Well, Congressman, also there was something beautiful about that moment, and that their congressman was personally giving them a tour. I did not know that part that the burial had taken place the day before. So. Uh, the insult of what happened is uh, is even more grave than I thought. So I want to show that picture one more time uh, of, of, of the tour that you were graciously offering this family. Again, who could who could find fault with this? Well, leave it to the fake news. There is a Politico reporter by the name of Heather Cagle, uh, covers Congress for the Politico, Politico, and she tweeted this. Mass requirement in the House. Tours not allowed. Yet here we are. Group of nine, only two in masks. Now, at this point, she doesn't know who they are. Uh, and someone points out who they are. Uh, let me put the next tweet up, if you don't mind. This is, uh, uh, I think many would agree the family of fallen Marine Sergeant Nicole Gee gets a pass. And quite frankly, of, of course they do. And at this point, it was a great opportunity for uh, Heather Cagle to say, oops, I made a mistake. But her next tweet is, how does that exempt them from wearing a mask? And uh, obviously, that is uh, a horrific uh, stance. Uh, if I could take a look at that photo one more time, and it's, again, the day after a burial, and to hear that it was the, the dad's first time to Washington, D.C., and uh, uh, that's, that's, that's really something. Thank you, Congressman, and we'll be right back.
News. Newsmax, we're real news for real people. Millions are turning off the old channels and switching to Newsmax, the fastest growing cable news channel in America. No agenda, no spin, just the facts. Millions watches, so can you. Newsmax, we are real news for real people. We thank you for watching Newsmax and uh, tell your friends we're very proud of what we're doing here. Have a good one.